All right, so we currently have seven of the nine members. So uh, we do currently have a quorum. Uh, just wanted to see if the rest of the commissioners were okay with getting started. We will be starting with public comments and approval of meeting minutes. So it'll be a bit before we get to the presentation as well anyways, we should give everyone time to join into the meeting. All right, in that case, uh, this time I'll be calling the meeting to order. And Stephanie, can I please get roll call? Commissioner Ali. Present. Commissioner Daniel. Commissioner Dillard. Here. Commissioner Gathawa. Yes. Sorry. That's okay. Commissioner Harris. Here. Commissioner Johnson. Here. Commissioner Rivera. Here. Commissioner Sakawas. Um, and Commissioner Traore. Here. Thank you. All right. And in the newspaper. That, mm -hmm. Um, with that, we will move on to uh, agenda item number two, which is approval of the May 13th, 2021 meeting minutes. Before we do the approval, does anyone have any objections to anything in the meeting minutes or anything that they would like to have changed? Okay. In that case, at this time, um, Stephanie, can we, oh, first and foremost, uh, can I get a motion to approve the May 13th, 2021 meeting minutes and a second? Chair, I do want to point out that um, Commissioner Daniel is in the attendees list. Oh, hold on a second. We'll just make sure she gets added before we begin the vote or. She's. I just promoted her. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. um, and I, Sakawis is, <clears throat> she's trying to find the link via email. She messaged me. It was just sent out about maybe 10 minutes ago that I can resend it. Yeah, I actually- She said she got it. Okay. I, I would like to make a motion uh, to approve the minutes. I want to second that. And Stephanie, can we please get roll call? Been properly moved and seconded to approve the meeting minutes from the um, April 29th, or excuse me, the May 13th meeting date. Uh, Commissioner Ali? Yes. Commissioner Daniel? Yes. Commissioner Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Gathawa? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Harris? Yes. Commissioner Johnson?
Um, Commissioner uh, Johnson? Yes. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Rivera? Yes. Commissioner Sakawas? I just got on, what is going on? Uh, approving the uh, meeting minutes from the May 13th. Oh, yes. Thank you. And Commissioner Traore? Yes. Thank you. Motion passes 9-0. Thank you. And before we begin anything else, we are on agenda item number three, which is public comment of items not on the agenda. So just want to remind anyone from the public that is looking to speak at this time that this is for items that are not on tonight's agenda. Uh, you will have up to five minutes to speak. And if you would like your time now, please raise your hand and we will give you your chance. This looks like we currently just have uh, Kathy Lee Son, and I will now unmute you and give you the opportunity to speak. Uh, good evening, uh, commissioners. I just wanted to make sure that at time that I'm presenting that uh, we would be able to share a screen with, but that's all I have. Yes. And then do we have anyone else uh, in the public that would like an opportunity to speak at this time on any items not on tonight's agenda? Currently not seeing any hands raised. Okay, in that case, we will now move to agenda item number four, which is the update on the land and labor acknowledgement. And so I will now hand the floor over to commissioners Rivera and Novus. Um, the, uh, excuse me, I'm having issues with my computer. Oh my goodness. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Well, that's good. Good. Um, the um, labor acknowledgement, acknowledgement or land acknowledgement is going along well. Um, I heard back last week from Lance Foster, um, the tribal historian of the Iowa and Kansas tribe, Iowa tribe of Kansas and Nebraska. And um, he had some really good thoughts um, to um, amend it uh, so it's more accurate. Uh, as to who is in the vicinity, you know, uh, specifically uh, in Iowa City, and um, waiting to hear back from him with the amendments uh, that I added into the uh, acknowledgement, and then we can go from there. And I have nothing to add. Thank you. Okay. Um, do any other commissioners have any comments on this item? If not, then we will move on to agenda item number five. All right, we will now move on to agenda item number five, which is the Iowa Catholic Worker House presentation. Just want to inform everyone that the agenda does say 10 to 15 minutes, but we'll be allowing them their full allotted time of about 25 minutes they had asked for. 
to ensure that they can get their full presentation completed. And I believe the first person on will be the Catholic Worker House account. So I will give you the opportunity to share your screen and also to speak. And Stephanie, just wanted to- mm -hmm. there, There's someone with their hand up and I just wanna make sure that we didn't miss anyone who wanted to publicly comment on the land acknowledgement. I'm not sure when the person um, oh. raised their hand. I just wanna make sure that uh, they're recognized just in case. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll give you. Uh, Mr. Manny Galvez, you will yeah. give the opportunity. Uh, sorry, um, I am the one, like, uh, I want to start with the Catholic workers, so I didn't know how I was going to be the, the dynamic. Just I want to be sure, because after me is Dr. Uh, uh, Katie. Okay, um, I was informed that it would be beginning with the Catholic Worker House account, and then we would be moving on to you. If that has changed, however, then we can begin with you, but I will be promoting uh, you guys in order to as panelists and then giving the opportunity to share your screens for your presentation. Okay, so I will start and after um, you can uh, share all like, um, the screen from the door. Okay, um, promoting you to a panelist at this time, so you do have the opportunity to share your screen. Commissioner Chair, if you wouldn't mind letting um, Kathy Lee on the uh, sharing of the screen, then begin with Manny. Thank you. Okay, I can start. So while well, you are like sharing the screen with uh, Dr. Katie, when my name is Manny Galvez, and I am part of the FAT of the Excluded Workers Coalition here in Iowa City, and we are here. Um, just not to share these stories, just not to uh, share um, this project, but also we are here to, to gain your support and to ask you to work together for this cause. I think um, in Iowa and especially in Iowa City, we had this uh, great opportunity to show what is the mean to work together, what is the mean to include everybody and, and something that is very important. As you may know, and as you're going to hear, thousands of workers in Iowa, they were like excluded for support in Iowa. And as you may know, uh, in Iowa, the, these workers always are a stereotype, but we had the opportunity to send, as I always say, we had the opportunity to send a message, just not to Iowa, not to Iowa City, but to the rest of the country, what is the mean to build a different foundation for this nation? And we can start here in Iowa. And now I'm going to pass the opportunity to talk uh, to Dr. Katie. She's going to do this presentation about what is the mean and what is all that uh, is related to this, like uh, the funded excluded workers in Iowa. Thank you. Thank you so much, Manny. Members of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and good evening, everyone. My name is Kathy Leeson. I am a Catholic worker. I'm a pediatrician at the Stead Family Children's Hospital. At our hospital, as one arm of many crucial supplies, frontline essential workers, such as nurses, nursing assistants, lab technicians, housekeeping, food services workers, have been on guard through the whole entire pandemic. 
They kept working without adequate PPE at the start, putting themselves at risk in order to care for all of us. There are the other supply chains where thousands of restaurants, grocery sales, seasonal farm workers, meat packing farmers, all risk their own health and safety to make sure we had what we need. That's why I support the $54 million of American Root Plan money being used for long overdue and much deserved hazard pay for low wage. They cared for us and now it's our time to care for them. So let's talk about the plan. American Rescue Plan, or ARP for short, it was signed into law by Biden on March 11th. This $1.9 trillion pandemic relief was passed to provide state and local governments with a substantial infusion of financial resources to meet the pandemic response needs and to help rebuild stronger and more equitable economy as we recover. So much relief can Iowa expect to receive from the ARP funds. Iowa is set to receive $2.7 billion in total. $1.4 billion will go directly to state government and $1.3 billion go to the local communities. What does that mean for Johnson County right here? $54 million will be coming to Johnson County area governments, which goes to the county itself as well as city and towns within Johnson County. Say that again, $54 million. That's a lot of money we can do a lot of good with community, but we need to make sure it goes to those most. One important thing we should all know is that some ARP money has already been designated and earmarked on specific relief measures. We have vaccines, testing, treatment, stimulus checks, that go to most families. Monthly child tax credit payments are coming for most families. Rent and utility assistance, aid to small businesses and many other forms of relief. We wanna focus on this evening is a different pot of money. $54 million coming to Johnson County and what, what it can be spent on. Let me say though, the counties and cities have a lot of discretion on how all of this be spent, and that's why it's important they hear from us, ones with a very quiet voice, and how we want these funds to be spent. So let's take a look, see how this $54 million big pot of money can be spent with discretionary money. We can provide direct financial aid to individuals and families who've been hit the hardest pandemic and the subsequent socioeconomic crisis fallout. We can use these funds to provide premium pay for essential line workers and their children. This additional support will have and continue to bear the greatest health risks because of their critical areas, such as healthcare, grocery, retail, restaurant, meatpacking, farming, and delivery sectors of our economy. We can use these funds to provide and improve vital services like healthcare access including mental health services, education infrastructure, or even reduce child poverty. So I've talked a bit about what we can, but what can it not be used for? Simply put, governments can't 
use this discretionary rescue plan money to pay for tax cuts, and that includes tax expenses. So in short, the law and guidance on how funds can be used are very Local governments like Johnson County and Iowa City will have broad ability to help our communities and those most affected by the pandemic. That's why we must make sure the $54 million goes to an excluded workers fund. Now, who is an excluded worker? Undocumented previously incarcerated people, unemployed workers kicked off the rolls, and anyone left behind in the previous pandemic relief. Our plan, the coalition's plan for the $54 million excluded work fund, 20 to provide pandemic relief to 6,000 excluded workers, 20 million in hazard pay raises for more than 12,000 low wage essential workers, 14 million for affordable housing, public transportation, childcare, infrastructure, other key priorities. Let me say this, we are not the first and we shall not be the last. Other states such as New York and New Jersey and Colorado all have approved their version of excluded workers fund. And even other levels of government such as the city of Denver, New Jersey, both specifically use the CARES fund dedicated to funded workers while recognizing the equity in accessibility. In Iowa, we think we can do the same. So now we will our community members to give their testimonies. First, we have Ms. Rosa Pastor, who is an undocumented immigrant, and Emily will be assisting with Spanish interpretation. Hi, my name is Rosa. I'm from Guatemala. Estoy aquí viviendo en la casa católica. I'm here living in the Iowa City Catholic Worker House. I'm going to explain what happened in the pan during the pandemic. I was working in a Mexican restaurant uh, washing dishes. When the pandemic started, they uh, fired us or let us go. Y dos meses después nos llamaron y nos bajaron la hora. Two months they called us again. Uh, they did drop our hours down. Y al final después nos despidieron otra vez porque ya no llegaba mucha gente a comer y ahorita estoy sin trabajo. But then they let us go again um, because they didn't have a lot of people coming to eat. Right now I'm without work. Y tengo un bebé de un año y medio. Y no he recibido ninguna ayuda. I have a son who is uh, one and a half years old. I haven't received any help. Eh, ahorita pedimos a, a las personas a ver si nos pueden ayudar con algo de dinero porque la verdad nosotros latinos necesitamos mucha ayuda. Uh, right now we're asking you folks all to help us with some financial support um, because the Latinas have really suffered without this support. Y muchos de nosotros estamos sin trabajos y hay madres solteras como yo. There are a lot of folks just like me that are without any support or work and um, just like myself, there's lots of single mothers. 
eh, y los niños necesitan muchas muchas cosas y así con nosotros también. The children, our children need lots of things too, just like us. Y esperemos que pronto nos den una buena respuesta. We hope that we, we receive some good news from you. Thank you. Gracias, Pastor, for coming tonight. Next, we have Miss Cindy, who is also an undocumented. Hola, mi nombre es Cindy Zapata. Hi, my name is Cindy Zapata. Soy de Honduras. I'm from Honduras. Oh, pues yo soy madre de tres niños. Tengo tres niños pequeños. Y eh, le voy a hablar un poco sobre cómo pasé la pandemia. I'm a mother of three children, and I'm going to talk a little bit about how I uh, got through the pandemic or getting through the pandemic. Trabajaba en un hotel de housekeeping. I was working as a housekeeper in a hotel. Pero lamentablemente con la pandemia lo cerraron. Unfortunately, it was closed during the pandemic. Y no, no, no hemos podido salir de esta. We haven't been able to get like back out or on our feet since then. Vivo en un apartamento y pago renta, agua, luz. I live in an apartment and I pay rent, water, and light, electricity. Y no he podido cubrir todos mis gastos, ya que hago trabajo de lo que me salga, he ido a limpiar casas, andado en el roofing, pero no es permanente. I haven't been able to pay my bills. Um, I've tried to find work here and there, whether it's cleaning houses or working in roofing, but it's nothing permanent. He aplicado para ayudas de pagar renta, pero es muy difícil porque me piden demasiados documentos. Um, I've um, applied for help with rent, um, but it's very difficult. They ask for so many different papers. Y lo saco, lo hago lo que me dicen y no me, dicen, no me dan una respuesta. I turn them in, um, say, do what they ask me to, but then I don't get any responses. No hemos recibido ningún alivio económico, no, no podemos agarrar desempleo, no. I haven't received any kind of support, economic support. We are not able to get unemployment. Uh, no tengo una niña ciudadana americana, ni por ella puedo agarrar ningún estímulo tampoco. I also have a, my, my daughter who is an American citizen and I haven't received anything as stimulus check. Y nosotros pedimos que que no nos excluyan por ser inmigrantes y que apoyen el fondo de trabajadores excluidos porque somos trabajadores esenciales. Uh, we would like to ask you that you support the excluded workers front and, and don't forget us just because we are immigrants. Muchas gracias. Gracias, Ms. sharing your story. Next, we have Mr. Mwakil Musani Central. Uh, how are you doing, everybody? My name is uh, My name is Mutwakil Musa, M-U-T-W-A-K-I-L. The last name, the name is Last name is M-U-S-A. I'm employed at the University of Iowa City Hospital and Clinics. I start from this room, food and nutrition. And now I'm doing training CIS, CISS, Central Sterilization Service. I'm a father of five. Uh, two of my kids, the oldest, uh, my daughter, she made it to Harvard Dental School, and I'm really proud of her. My second child, uh, the second oldest, is in first, uh, first year college. 
uh, I work seven days a week. The weekend, uh, delivering with Cham food. My wife, she being, she being laid off from the school. She's a substitute teacher. We struggled really hard. My dad teach me something, I have everything I have to earn. And I try. But the pandemic <laughs> hit me so hard. Seven days a week working. Supporting a child in college, two kids in college. My wife stopped working. Working seven days a week. I'm behind on rent for six months. I just recently I've been helped with any of your assistance. I'm behind on water. Uh, if I show the car with the bed on it, it's falling apart. I'm trying. I'm sorry. What I'm doing is uh, to support my family, make sure they got education, put them on the right track. And nothing else I could do. I never thought about sitting here and asking for help because I've been doing it and that's what my dad told me. I can't do more than working seven days a week. I'm sorry I got a lot a lot of things to say but at this moment I'm breaking. Thank you. Musa, thank you for all of your hard work. We do see you. Next, we have Miss Philanese Martin. Who is Hello. an unemployed worker? Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Philanise. I'm 42 years old. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to do this without being really sad. Because I know you have heard everybody what they're saying. But um, in April of last year, I lost my job. I was a restaurant worker for a local restaurant here in town. Um, up until the end of March, 
I was receiving unemployment. I ended up getting cut off and then I had to reapply. That was a whole month long ordeal. And then about a month ago, um, I reapplied it and it, it picked back up. Um, in the meantime, I went to school and then I finished school. Um, and with the governor taking this away from us, um, I'm really scared. Um, it's put a lot of stress and pressure on me to learn, to use the skills that I just learned, their new skills. And I wanted to actually wait until September to get more of an expert on my skills so that I could do my job better. Um, I'm really scared, but actually I'm more scared for the people around me. Um, I'm really upset with Governor Reynolds because she does not know what it's like. I don't either, I'm, I don't know what it's like to be a refugee. I don't know what it's like to everything that you have to go through for yourself, for your family, like the stories you heard and the ones you have yourself. Um, I'm really upset with her because, you know, during this pandemic, all of these people that look like me, who I look like too, we don't speak the same language, but we are sisters and brothers. And she did not have to go through, she did not have to work. She does not have to worry about healthcare. She does not have to worry about where her next meal is gonna come for her and her kids. She did not have to work and risk her life like people have and will continue to do. Um, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm really angry and I'm really hurt. I'm really hurt more for the people around me, for these people. This is supposed to be America, not just Iowa. This is supposed to be America and we're supposed to help each other. And I'm really sorry. Um, so I am asking those of you are, that are listening to hand this out to those that need it for them, for their children, for their generation descendants. And I stand with all of you, all of you in this room out there, I stand with you for the rest of my life and I will not stop fighting for you or with you. And that's all I have to say, thank you. Good evening. Mi nombre es Maria Carlos. My name is Maria Carlos. Yo soy de Columbus Junction, Iowa. I'm from Columbus Junction, Iowa. Uh, yo tenía mi trabajo en Muscatine. I was working in Muscatine. Pero um, perdí el trabajo por lo que pasó por lo del COVID. But I lost my work because of what happened with COVID. En nuestro trabajo no teníamos ningún tipo de protección. In um, our work, we didn't have any kind of protection. Yo me enfermé del COVID. I got sick with COVID. 
Estuve una semana en el hospital. I was hospitalized for one week. Y estuve una semana en mi casa. And I was um, in my home for another week. Tengo mucho coraje con, con Kim Reynolds. I feel very angry with Kim Reynolds. Porque si ella hubiera pasado lo que pasamos muchos que estuvimos enfermos del COVID. Because if she would experience what we all have experienced, those who have been sick with COVID. Ella pudiera habernos entendido. Nos hubiera entendido. She would understand us. Lo fuerte que fue en mi, en mi vida personal y en mi cuerpo, los daños que me dejó. Uh, the COVID damage my body uh -huh. a lot. Uh, sí. Not only my lungs, my intestines. <laughs> I'm having trouble. Uh, they want me to have an operation on my lungs because the capa the the capacity of the of the oxygen uh -huh. yeah is muy poco because um, my lungs does, do not have the capacity to hold as much, much oxygen as before. Mi vida cambió mucho. My life changed so much. Que no solo perdí las fuerzas de mi cuerpo. Not only did I lose the strength of my body. También perdí a mi esposo. I also lost my husband. Porque ya no soy la misma. I am not the same person. Ahora yo no sé qué voy a hacer cuando se termine mi desempleo. I don't know what I'm going to do when my unemployment runs out. Porque quién me va a dar trabajo a mí? Who's going to give me work? Quién me va a entender? Who's going to understand me? Sé que no voy a poder trabajar. I know that I'm not going to be able to go back to work. Y así como yo estoy, hay mucha gente. Just like what's happened to me and how I am, there's a lot of people out there. Yo espero y confío en Dios. I hope and I trust in God que vamos a recibir ayuda. That we're going to receive help. Y sé que no, sé que no estamos solos, sé que, que hay mucho, sé que nos van a apoyar y sé que tengo fe en Dios. I know that we're not alone. I know that they are going to help us. I have faith in God. Que algo bueno va a suceder. That something good is going to happen. <coughs> a Dios los bendiga. God be with you all. Gracias, Carlos, for your story. Now, Will, check um, you our action plan. Um, oh, okay. Here, um, I just want to close this part. Um, sorry, that was a miscommunication between us. I mean, um, thank you. First, I want to thank you because uh, you gave this opportunity, this like a minutes to hear these stories. The, um, these, these voices like we hear today, these um, stories is just like a, like a just isolated. This is thousands of people like them. In the Latino community, when you see the numbers in Iowa, they say like a, we are around like a five, five or six percent population 
and it, and it says like a five or six percent of the total of the people like I was infected by COVID-19, they are Latinos. It means like a practically devastated the community. But in Iowa, who was affected by, the, by this pandemic? All the people of color, brown, black people, I mean, like a blue color people. And these stories, I think like a, this is the thing like a, we can reflect that this is not a political issue. This is not about left or right. This is the opportunity like we have to, to understand and to respond to all the hate. And we have the opportunity to not respond with the hate, to respond with love. Always when I had the opportunity, I said this, we have this opportunity. And we want to, what we want today is like a, your support to like a, advance this proposal. The only thing like a, we need to do together is your support and send a message to the local authorities that we can't, we can't, do something different in our community. Please, I, I ask you that, and we uh, demand, we can demand together to the city and to the county, the support for this, for this action. And the most important, we can find the legal way to do it properly. We can find the way as a community to create a new foundation. Basically, this is my last words. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, at this time, I'm going to push you guys back in as attendees, and I'll give the commission the opportunity to respond to what we have just heard in terms of having a discussion and anything we do from there on out um, is on everyone on the commission. We're happy to take any questions. If you have yeah, I was just going to ask if anyone um, from the public has any questions or if we want to do that first before commissioners speak. We have Patricia Bowen with her hand raised. Um, my name is Patricia Bowen, and I live on the east side of Iowa City, not too far from the Catholic Worker House, and I have helped out there occasionally. And listening again to these people's stories just makes me think, I don't really have a question, but I, I just want everybody to understand that these people truly are invisible in our community. Nobody knows they're there. And unless you have some kind of relationship with them, either through the Catholic Worker House or through maybe your job where you go back into the kitchen and you see those people cleaning, they're invisible to our community, but yet they are part of our community. And I think they are deserving of whatever we can do and I would really like to just put my two cents in that I would hope this commission could support using the ARP money for the excluded workers you could feel their pain you could you just feel it and I, I won't go any further but I just wanted to say that thank you We have anyone else from the public that would like to make a comment?
All right, I'll now turn it back over to the commission. If there's any discussion anyone would like to be had or any questions to ask or any motions you would like to put forth. Um, I'll go. Um, I just want to make a comment. Um, I really don't let a lot of things move me emotionally, but that kind of moved me emotionally because part of my family is Latino. Um, my daughters are part Latino. Um, and and what they were saying is something that I understand because I was a kitchen worker before in my life. I've been previously incarcerated as well. And that, that, that those stories, stories that we need to hear, you know, um, and that moved me why I had to turn my camera off because I was getting emotional about it. And it was just, you know, that I know people that's, you know, part of my family that's undocumented and, you know, stuff like that, and they have to go through things like that, that just moved me. And that was a great presentation. And that was a great truth telling right there. With that, I'm gonna yield the floor. I absolutely agree. I feel like uh, it's our duty to do the best we can to help out those who don't have voices. And I feel like we need to do the best we can to push forward however we can help out for those who who honestly need help. Not everybody out there uh, has a chance and if we have a chance of helping them, I think we need to do so. Absolutely, I agree. Um, I am clearly very, emotional over that. Um, I just want to thank everyone who uh, spoke for their time and their honesty and um, for just being vulnerable <laughs> um, because I know it takes a lot to um, share those things and um, <clears throat> ask for help. So I really appreciate that. Um, this is either, I guess, Kathy or Manny could probably answer this. Um, what does the TRC supporting you guys in, in this look like? Um, I want it to be more than just us verbally saying we support this. Um, how, how can we be supportive and actually have action behind um, what we're saying, so or what we're supporting. I, I lost uh, your last, can you repeat the question please? Because I think I, I, I lost you. Um, how do you want us to support you other than saying we support this? Do you, how, do you want us to um, speak to council on your behalf, speak to supervisors on your behalf? Um, what does the TRC supporting this look like? I, well, I think uh, one of the, I mean, all the ways, like you said, this is appropriate, but also this is like a, a, a legal process as a, as a group that you have, if you can have like a one uh, agreement, and that could be something like a, we can submit to the city authorities to the, to the county authority, that could be good. I mean, that was the best, you know? And also, um, if you could like uh, also talk in the meetings in behalf of us, that would be the best. Because um, as you can see, most of the time, 
all the excluded workers, they don't have this opportunity to talk in these spaces. And most of the time they have just these two minutes and I think like it's really unfair, but you, have, you, have, you are in a position that you can make a difference. And, it's a, and as I said, I think the thing like we are asking you right now, if you at the end of this meeting, one of the agreements is to support this effort, we are showing like we are working as a community together for something that is going to be beneficial for everybody. Uh, I hope that, that, make, that makes sense and, and uh, very specific how we can advance and, and work um, as a community. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, I think uh, the order after me was Sikawas, then Kevo, then Mohammed raised their hands. So if you guys wanna go in that order. Uh, thank you uh, for allowing me to speak. Um, I just wanted to give my full support uh, to this, uh, what I call a crisis, uh, not an issue. Um, and this is something that uh, I myself have been very passionate about for a long time uh, because I do not uh, recognize uh, peoples uh, south of the border uh, as not um, indigenous. Um, and I feel that it is in their full uh, right within their traditions and customs uh, to uh, be uh, in the territory of Turtle Island uh, based upon traditional migratory uh, paths and uh, trading. Um, and uh, it might seem like I'm going a little bit off topic, uh, but I, I believe me when I say this, uh, the US and Mexico and all of these uh, colonized countries have no right to uh, tell um, peoples, uh, indigenous peoples from these lands, like where they can and cannot go. But yet that is the case. And sadly, well, along with that um, is a violation um, of their rights when they are in territories that they rightfully belong in. Um, colonial border uh, policy enforcement and settler state immigration laws are key factors in eroding indigenous people's customs, traditions, and national identities um, through displacement, restriction of traditional movement and ongoing encroachment. And I just read you a little tiny tidbit from uh, an intervention that I presented at the UN um, Permanent Forum on Indigenous Peoples in 2019 um, uh, that was actually on um, uh, the issue of uh, border imperialism and what it is doing to our people and uh, you know, the other aspect that we need to address is, uh, you know, uh, economics and, and the lack of, uh, of any type of uh, uh, the, the, the erasure, essentially, of what's happening. Uh, and the uh, inability of a government built uh, upon white supremacist politics to recognize that indigenous peoples uh, should be treated um, uh, as citizens, uh, regardless of what their uh, papers say. Um, and so I just wanted to uh, just say that, just to, my, to give my full support behind uh, doing what we can to make sure that these uh, peoples receive um, compensation for what they've been doing uh, and, uh, that's I I will do what we what we have to to make that happen. Thank you. Ahai kitata mahin. 
Um, this is Commissioner Rivera. I'm so, so grateful um, that, uh, that we got to share space um, with those who um, just provided us a lot of education on, on what our community is experiencing in a very real way. Um, and I say our community um, with a lot of intention, you know, it was mentioned that um, these excluded workers and all of these groups um, are invisible in our society. And I certainly understand that as a child of once undocumented immigrants um, and uh, it's it's such a real um, real thing to to feel that stress of vulnerability on a daily basis. Um, I can't imagine um, even with that experience um, what it must have been like to live through every single day of this pandemic, um, especially with how the pandemic has affected these marginalized groups. Um, but tonight was an opportunity to learn a little bit more firsthand about that. Um, so thank you for providing that education um, to us and for sharing space um, and for involving us in your work. I, I would be extremely honored um, to support uh, this robust coalition um, and, and the efforts that they've put forward in their proposal. Um, I really hope that this commission agrees. Um, my question is, uh, in, in terms of timeline, and I'm not sure who can um, answer this, uh, but what kind of time constraints are we under? Um, because I, I think this deserve, deserves a, a really you know, well-formed statement. Um, and if it, if it needs to be tonight, then I think that we should put in the work. But um, there might also be some work that could be done um, for us to you know, a small uh, subcommittee to put together a statement that we can review and then support and pass along to city council, board of supervisors, other city governments in Johnson County. Um, so I'm just trying to wonder um, sort of what time frame we have to support this work. Thank you. Um, to answer that question um, for Commissioner Rivera, we know that the city and county already received 50% of the money with the next 50% arriving maybe in 2022. So fair funds have not been allocated and we would urge urgent on your resolution of this motion as well as to petition to the county City Council, the Johnson County Board Supervisors to allocate this money to those who are in great, great need. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, I just want to say that uh, I would like to have a vote on this tonight personally. So after everyone on the commission is done speaking, if uh, one of you could put forth a motion. But before we go to that point, just want to say that I thank all of you for your bravery for speaking out tonight. As being a child of immigrants myself, um, I feel a lot of that pain that you expressed and also the courage it takes to come out and ask for help. I grew up with my dad being one of those that didn't like asking for help. And a big reason why being thinking that people wouldn't 
you know, reach out and actually give their assistance when, when asked for. Um, so yeah, I grew up a lot of my life with sharing my bedroom with family friends or friends of my family, friends of my dad that would need a place to stay that were immigrants coming in. And I know a close family friend as well that in the last year, uh, he was incarcerated uh, over immigration issues and has been a hard worker for multiple decades, has a son in college, another one in high school, has never done anything wrong, but was still almost forced out of the country. And so a lot of this stuff just doesn't sit right with me, how, how people are treated in that fashion, but also just that I feel that if I am going to stand behind the things I value and my own experiences and how I feel that this should all go, I do have to say that I would like to support this as well. Because I don't want that mentality to go forward of when people ask for help, help not being given, because that's not what a community does. Uh, if we are going to be a part of the same community, we do need to be willing to help each other when others do ask for help. And that's all I have to say on this for now. And with that, I'll yield the floor to Commissioner Gothel. Thank you. I am Commissioner Wangui Gadwa for the record. And I am piggybacking on all the other commissioners who have talked. Thank you very much, uh, Kathy, for leading and Mani for leading this presentation. And thank you very much for the testimonies that uh, of, of the workers who testimonized for us who are living this injustice. Thank you for the courage and the strength to stand in front of us and uh, be very, very personal. And uh, for me, I thank you for the education. I know as individuals, you've also been educating us on this course. Thank you for working very, very hard to even as a community, as we listen and talk about the injustices, the racial injustices and listen. Uh, even as we talk of the broad injustices as a group of the different groups that we have in our community. Uh, I'm glad you desegregated this particular group and uh, worked on that to let us see. So thank you very much. And for me personally, I, I would want to support this and I'm coming from a lot of it resonating with me as a, a woman who immigrated to the US from Africa. So as Commissioner Ali had been talking about, it's very emotional, it is very sad because as the testimonies were being shared and a lot of that, uh, it's something, it's things that I've lived, it's things that I've seen, those who are close to me live and they're still living that. So 
uh, it resonated with me. It's something that I know. It's something that I continue living. So there is no way I cannot not support this. And uh, thank you, Commissioner Nobis, also for reminding me of history. Even I can talk of myself as, a, as an immigrant crossing oceans to get to the USA. But you reminded me of history that when we talk of Mexico, it's actually the natural things, the boundaries that are there as far as history is concerned. They are artificial and they happened at a particular time in history. And we are talking about people who are already, who are already there before the rest of us either came here uh, voluntarily or forced here through activities that happened that were caused on some of our continents by the West world by imperialism. Thank you very much, Commissioner Nobis, for adding that. And uh, thank you, Commissioner Rivera, for also bringing up and Kathy answering that question about the time, because this is not something that can can wait. Already, it's uh, it's long overdue. I am going to stop there and just say that I, I cannot not support this. And I say that derivative when I say I cannot not support. Thank you. I yield the floor. Prior to anything else being done or said by the commission, I just want to make sure that uh, we allow, so we still have Ms. Lisan with her hand up. So if you have anything else to add uh, prior to Okay. Um, she, okay, put her hand down. Um, are there any other comments or motions that anyone would like to raise or any motions to second as well? Um, go ahead, Daphne. Um, so I'd like to know if there's been an economic impact analysis done um, to see what the impact on these funds would have on the rest of the community. In a sense, we're, we'd be investing in a, in a portion of the commu community that has not been invested in. And so I, I'd like to know if that analysis has been done and if it is available. Thank you. Uh, do we have any correspondence from Ms. Lisan or the Catholic Worker House on this aspect? All right, um, you do have the floor. I don't believe we have that in Chin. But I think you can envision that between the 12,000 essential workers, 6,000 undocumented immigrant workers, by supporting their livelihoods, they will then in turn bring it back to the economy. They are surviving or trying to survive. They just don't have funds. 
So whatever you give to them, they will not only thrive, but they to the economy many folds. That's all I have to say. I would just like to add on the economic impact statement end, um, uh, Mr. Galvez, I'll give you an opportunity here in a second, uh, that while we may not have one that's concrete, as Ms. Lisan did point out, it is a little easier to imagine. And I would just like to conceptualize it as, I mean, they gave the stimulus checks in the first place when the government did shut down, knowing that had there not been money in people's pockets, the entire economy would have crashed. And the same thing happened in pretty much every country around the world for many of the same reasons. And as some of these governments have had to shut down once again, uh, you know, stimulus checks have gone out once again, because if money is not moving, then we do have major issues with banks, with mortgages and everything of that nature. So with these people also having a lot of these things that they're invested in as well, and also having money to spend in the community, this is money that it can be spent on goods and services. So things that are also taxed through sales taxes, but also we do need people to be able to spend money within their communities if we're ever going to support our, our businesses and our communities to even allow them to continue to hire people. But I will now hand it over to Mr. Galvez. Yes, thank you, Mohammed. Uh, I think now you say a, a really like a good example how it's going to be the impact. But I mean, I just want to like uh, maybe share with you some idea about what is happening in the in the immigrant community, which is just non Latinos. This is another thing when we talk about immigrants, we just think like a Latinos, but this is, is all around the country. I mean, all around the world. But um, for example, in 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 just in Johnson County, we are talking like a more more um if if i write the last time based in the numbers like uh, the iowa the state has we are talking more like uh, seven seven thousand latinos living here in iowa city and johnson county area just iowa city like, around like a four thousand coralville so all the workers in the factories and the and in the restaurants people like uh, we don't see cleaning or i mean overnight so that is so important when we when we think about the Latinos, just here in Johnson County, because if you go like, a, for example, to Columbus Junction, to Waterloo, all these like a meatpacking plants, I mean, they are like a, the majority of the people is like a, like a working class, like a immigrants, and, and for example, in West Liberty and Columbus and, and Waterloo, but, but we need to focus here and we can send a message to these counties as well. And, and for example, uh, for 1.4 dollar uh, gains for every one dollar like uh, we spent, you know, it's like I try to uh, even like uh, this is the best way to like uh, to increase the the money in the economy in the local economy. I would say that. Miss Lisa. Yeah, absolutely right. Manny has that uh, dollar figure. Yeah, thank you. Um, just not to also forget that, albeit there be immediate economic uh, returns, we're talking about a lifelong, a long 
pain and suffering and trauma, we are continuing to incur upon our people the longer we do not support them. The longer we hold money back from them and poverty, the worse this whole entire generation will be. And that price to pay is way more than the dollar that we spend now. Thank you, Commissioner. Thank you. Um, are there any other comments or questions from the Commission? Um, <clears throat> before we make a vote, I, I think um, it would be worth a while if we do end up deciding to write up something to send to local officials to also reach out to other um, entities as well. Uh, like we could see if the South District would support this and sign on or if Corridor Community Action Network would support this and sign on. Um, you know, if NISA would also support this and sign on. If we have a bunch of entities or um, grassroots organization type stuff to also agree. Um, with this, I think that would also be helpful. Um, and with that, I yield to the floor. Um, I'd so, like to, oh. uh, you can go ahead, Kevin. Thanks, Eric. Um, to uh, respond to Amel, in the in one of the, some of the correspondence we, re we received from the Fund Excluded Workers Coalition, we did receive a list of um, partner organizations. Um, uh, which includes not only Iowa City Catholic workers, um, but also the Iowa City Citizens for Community Improvement, SEIU Local 199, Iowa Freedom Writers, Great Plains Action Society, LULAC 308, LULAC State Council, AFSCME 12, Iowa Student Action, Ex-Incarcerated ex People Organizing Iowa, Corridor Community Action Network, Iowa City Mutual Aid, Collective, Iowa City Democratic Socialists of America, Community Transportation Committee, and Veterans for Peace Iowa City. So um, I see a lot of broad support um, among the folks who are you know, most closely associated with some of these most marginalized people. I really appreciate the sentiment, but I was really pleased to see this coalition so, so robust. And um, I will add to that, I'm pretty sure that the South District would support that. I'm pretty sure that I can get other organizations like Inside Out to also support that. So that's all I want to say. I yield the floor. I would just like to piggyback on that. I believe that there is also some organizations, as have already been mentioned, that are creating little pockets of coalitions that we could tap into as well that have not been mentioned. I would just like to add that some of us do have relationships with people on council or in other government positions as well. And I know that personally, I will be trying to leverage these to speak with them uh, to see if that is of assistance as well. And I would encourage others to do the same. Um, but yeah, at this time, I just know that I would like to have a vote on this, on supporting this tonight, if uh, as was asked for, I just know that under how we do operate, I just have to allow someone else to make the motion and someone else to second. 
I would like to make the motion that we definitely support it. Uh, I do wholeheartedly. So uh, I would like to go about it. We, 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 when it comes down to it, you got to water the roots for the tree to grow. That's just the bottom line. That's how I feel. And I will second that. Can we have Daphne <clears throat> uh, comment? She had her hand raised before we vote on that and take a roll call. Yes, yeah, so I just want to find out, will there be any strings attached to these funds? Um, will there be any rules on how this money is supposed to be spent? Um, uh, yeah, Amelia, you can handle that, sorry. <laughs> I know I was just gonna say I had remembered in the presentation it said it was a pretty broad, but I, I can uh, I see Kathy and Manny both had their hands up and they probably could better explain. Yeah, um, we just to start and maybe and Kathy she can like uh, go more in deep, but I, this is one of the things like uh, the the uh, officials and the city and county level saying that first we need to be agreed and after to find the way as like uh, we we said in the beginning another cities and other states first they they agree and we can find the legal and uh, process kind like uh, follow the rules for everything I mean like uh, who can receive it uh, which families which workers and to have records everything so yes that is I mean the first step is to to agree that we can help this population. And that could be good if somebody from this group can be part of that. That could be excellent. And to follow on what Manny had said too, the, 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 according to the New Jersey model, really had no barriers for access. Simply said that we can borrow and look at other entities or government or organizations where they have created this low barrier to access. Um, and other than what we know we cannot use these funds for, everything is uh, according what the community needs. As leaders can identify that, can give the money to where is needed. If you look at the ARP fund globally, all of the other domains that we typically think of roads, transportation, housing, all of those have been taken care of by others of the designated ARP fund. This is discretionary, so no strings attached other than users. Thank you. Um. As we've been having this discussion, I've been trying to furiously type um, some sort of recommendation that um, is a pretty simple expression of support for this. Um, and before we make a vote on sort of supporting it, and then um, I, I think that have, having some sort of recommendation that can uh, be sent to city council and then Johnson County supervisors and then other city governments in Johnson County, I think that would be one of the best ways for us to show support. Um, so would you mind if I shared what I've drafted thus far? Uh, I'm okay with you sharing it. I, ju I just do wanna just make sure we do clarify what the motion was before 
it was just on whether we did want to provide support. Uh, so yeah, we can have that vote prior to um, going over the actual language. Yep. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Ali? Yes. Commissioner Daniel? Yes. Commissioner Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Gathua? Yes. Commissioner Harris? Yes. John, Commissioner Johnson? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Rivera? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Sakalis? Yes. And Commissioner Traore? Yes. Okay, thank you, nine zero. So I would like to give Commissioner Rivera this time and then immediately after we do have uh, Ms. Leeson with her hand up. I'm just going to try to share my screen here. Um, so I'm a little bit vulnerable because of this hasn't really even been <laughs> proofread. Uh, but what I've written so far is to the cities of Coralville Hills, Iowa City, Lone Tree, North Liberty, Oxford, Shuyville, Solon, Swisher, Tiffin, and University Heights, and to the Johnson County Board of Supervisors. The COVID-19 pandemic has affected the lives of every Iowan. This is especially true for the most marginalized communities who continue to remain disproportionately vulnerable to the long-term impact of this crisis. While federal, state, and local governments have previously attempted to provide relief to individuals and families who have been affected by the pandemic, several groups have been ignored um, as excluded workers, which includes undocumented immigrants, previously incarcerated people, and others. We urge you to review the proposal for an excluded workers fund prepared for prepared by the Fund Excluded Workers Coalition, which makes use of the 54 million unearmarked funds allotted to communities in Johnson County through the American Rescue Plan. We support the excluded workers fund, and we recommend that you work closely and together and closely with the coalition to create a strategy to enact this fund in solidarity with all Iowans, us. Any thoughts? I don't believe that I have anything against what's currently in there. Except for the typos. Yeah, I think Shuiville is fine. It's just Google. I mean, uh, Microsoft Word just doesn't recognize it. <coughs> and thank you. Uh... Commissioner Rivera for going ahead and putting something down because uh, it's also serving in alleviating some of the um, negative feelings and the sadness that is coming out of this as we move towards, uh, because it's possible to make the situation better. So seeing it there written, uh, personally, it makes me feel better that we are moving 
in the right direction with the agency that this deserves. Thank you. I yield the floor. And I have nothing else to add to what you have written. I yield. Commissioner Dano, go ahead. So I really like this. I would add some aspect of rebuilding or recovery to kind of tie it to the actual language of the act. I'd also add something about investing to kind of go along with the trend of investment, rebuilding, the new normal, whatever you want to call it. Um, other than that, looks good. Um, I'm going to ask for specifics, Dr. Uh, Commissioner Daniel, or for anyone else, if you have um, a specific statement that I could add and where. We maybe do the, and after the, we support the excluded workers fund, comma, um, that, that advocates for reinvestment into fellow members of our community. And sorry, can you say that again? Oh, My sorry. internet is, uh, is bad. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, which advocates for reinvestment into our community and fellow community members to ensure that we come out of this pandemic committed to a new normal, a new normal in quotes. In which we uh, strive to support our fellow community members. And then, yeah, I think that works. You can do a period and take out the and and just capitalize. We recommend. Does anyone have any objections to the structure of that? No. Not me. I like it. Okay. Just like to ask that we just remember to attach the slides from the PowerPoint presentation to this. And then as well, I have collected some links um, from some of the other websites for the Colorado, New York, and New Jersey funds that I can send as well to the rest of the commissions, just ensure we just package it all together. But um, at this time, I would just say that the only thing left would just be to at least vote to approve the current structure of this. And we invite um, any members of the coalition to comment on, on the statement that we had drafted, just to see if they have any other suggestions. And also if we have their permission to share the slides that they presented to us tonight to these local entities. Commissioner Rivera, do you wanna say that again, please? 
Yeah, I was wondering if we could invite um, members of the coalition to to see if they had anything else to add or comment on regarding the statement. It looks great from where we're sitting. Thank you. Um, and do, would we have permission to share the slides uh, that you all gave us tonight? Absolutely. Yeah, the uh, Commissioner Rivera, the slides would be public record just because they were a part of the meeting tonight. Right. All right, so I would um, motion that um, we, I guess, accept this statement um, to be forwarded along with the slides that were presented to us, as well as um, some of other links to other examples um, to the named entities in the letter. I second it. Any further discussion? Uh, Commissioner Ali? Yes. Commissioner Daniel? Yes. Commissioner Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Gathawa? Yes. Commissioner Harris? Yes. Commissioner Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Rivera? Yes. Commissioner Sakalis? Yes. And Commissioner Traore? Commissioner Traore. Yes, sorry. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> passes nine zero. Thank you to the Iowa Catholic Worker House, uh, Ms. Lisan and also Mr. Galvez for taking the time to share with us tonight. Um, with that, we will now be moving to agenda item number six, which is the African Coalition presentation. And this will be an agenda item that I will hand off to Commissioner Gothwell. Thank you, Commissioner Traore. And I am not sharing anything because, and I'm not going to take long in talking. I think I should, I won't be, I won't even take more than five minutes. And uh, what I'm bringing to the commission is uh, the way the African Communities Network in Johnson County has decided to share their ratio in just injustices experiences. Uh, to the commission. And uh, what I would be asking of the commission is support in the way they have decided to go forward. Mm. Earlier, I had forwarded uh, a video of uh, a dissertation presentation of a PhD African student in the Minnesota University who just defended her dissertation uh, this spring in May. It sparked off uh, that idea of putting the 
uh, inequity experiences together. Uh, I'll just give a brief summary of the video in case some commissioners didn't get time to watch it because it's long. It's, I think, one and a half hours, the whole thing. So a school district in Minneapolis, the African immigrants there, they put together uh, their experiences in the school district with the, the food that is served in the cafeterias. And that is an area uh, the majority of people in, in the USA uh, are white. So a lot of things uh, uh, come from that culture. So sometimes uh, things can seem okay. For example, in that school district, things are okay when it's looked at as a group. But then when you desegregate or look at some pieces, not everybody is doing so well. So we discussed that idea and uh, we spent a week going back and forth on their records on that, on our WhatsApp groups, discussed that, and then ended up with the board calling a meeting this Saturday. And we talked about it and discussed and concluded that instead of individuals coming here to the commission and to talk or the commission going to the, or the, it, it would be easier for them to put together their experiences. And then at the end, uh, present that have a document at the end to give the commission to give to the council. So, and this is based on, it's a, a fair way to do it that way because African communities are communal and uh, activities are carried out in a communal way or what is called in the US, a collective way. That is where that is coming from. And then the other thing, they also have a lot to say and uh, if they do it in a group with them or with themselves, they will feel safer as they share the pains because uh, Africans have ended up in the USA and in Johnson County in the USA through voluntary or involuntary immigration. Some people came as slaves, others have come as refugees by instability in the continent which start off in the Western world. So starting with that pain and then mistrust of the white world, they would feel safer uh, sharing their experiences and then getting them to the commission and finally to the council where uh, uh, their lives would be made better. So that is what I wanted to share with the commission asking for support uh, as the African communities move forward. And even at that meeting, it wasn't just the African communities that were that are in Johnson County or in Iowa City. Uh, it was a meeting because when it comes to racial injustice, Africans everywhere in the world are impacted. So it's an area 
that has interest and support because even at the meeting, we had people in the meeting who were even outside the USA, Africans in diaspora, and who have been, a lot of them, they've not chosen to be outside their continent. It's because of the ills that have been caused by Western imperialism. So that is what I would be, I'm bringing to the commission. And uh, I will stop there for that. That's what I, I, I came in to suggest and to ask for and to inform. Thank you very much. Um, I just want to say that, uh, yeah, I do agree with a lot of that sentiment um, from just my experiences in the African culture and just how my family has operated as well. Uh, yeah, handling things quietly, communally, and then coming together publicly seems to be the way that most things are done. Um, just the one thing I would just like to ask to consider is that in terms of the timeline of presentations, that it at least be um, a few months prior to the end of the commission so that some of the things brought up can be acted upon or at least be studied or whatever is needed to be done so that it can officially be included in the set of recommendations. Yeah, in, uh, in line with that, uh, because uh, moving forward, it would be a group focus, a community one, and uh, especially it's COVID time, we would want it to happen before it becomes cold, before October. So, and that would be the community bringing together its information, but which is already, people are already beginning to bring in information because they already know people are commissioners and people are already approaching people to bring in what they have. So, but the communal one should, would be, uh, uh, not beyond October when it gets cold and people won't be able to meet. Uh, with my experience in the US as an African, I find, especially in, in Iowa and in Iowa City and Johnson County, Africans tend to, for lack of a better word, to hibernate unless if they have to meet for illness or for disease, which is understandable. They come from a continent where the coldest it gets is 65 degrees. So we would want, we are aiming at having the big forum by end of October. And then soon after that, uh, uh, the people who are leading in collecting the information uh, get together to start putting it together and writing it down. So because they are aware that the commission, we have the date of June 22. I don't know whether I've answered your question, Commissioner Triore. No, 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 definitely. Thank you for providing that timeline. Yeah, that sounds like more than enough time to address yeah. everything. I just do wanna add though, however, that we do still have the opportunity if commissioners do decide um, in either this meeting or one coming in the near future to ask for an extension um, on the length of the commission. And just wanna disclose at this time that I did have an opportunity to speak with um, uh, the city manager, Jeff Ruin, and 
the mayor as well last week about the aspect of the length of the commission. And it seems to me that uh, we basically do have the ability to ask for an extension. Just it comes down to a vote and the amount of time that we feel like we would absolutely need for this. And when I'm talking of working collectively, it's community engagement. Uh, it is uh, just like the work we are doing. It is our community. And why I am talking of Africans, it's because even as a community, they are the universal injustices. And then there are also some experiences that are particular to a particular community. And as far as the engagement is concerned, it's anybody can get engaged in this and we are inviting others uh, in, in being part of that. So it's not any one person or one goi, it's a, it's a community uh, um, engagement. in looking into their problems and into the solutions as we go. Yeah. Thank you, thank you very much. I, I truly appreciate you sharing that. And as well, the video, I did get a chance to review it and I will be watching it again as well uh, due to the depth of the content with it being a PhD dissertation. But um, I would like to have an opportunity to speak on it with you further in one of the education subcommittee meetings or any other subcommittee meeting or a public meeting going forward, uh, if, if you would like. And then in terms of the comment on implementing things like circles uh, with the way the commission operates, that is something I am still interested in. And uh, we just basically need the rest of the commission to take some time to review that process and we just need to get in contact with those that have the ability to offer the knowledge on that to us and possibly have a presentation before we can just implement something like that. Now that you mentioned circles, I wanted to add, yeah, that is a good way to oh, going into the community again. And now not just a piece of, the commu of our community, but collecting information now from everybody because, yeah. And I have seen it work. So when I talk about circles and, and uh, I've seen it uh, work and also facilitated the discussions. So, and I, yeah. And it's also supported by research, which if it ever came to that, but the people who are experts would be, yeah, would be brought in to support the effectiveness of it, of them. We have anyone else on the commission that would like to make any comments? Uh, Commissioner Gatho, do, do you have anything else you would like to add on this at this time, or? Uh, it's more of a question and guidance as uh, we do this and go to get information 
when it comes to our budget, for example, when I talked about a community forum uh, where there might be uh, food and then there will be stationery. Uh, those are the things that I, I know for sure they are going to be there. Uh, in terms of the commission, uh, uh, with, uh, because it's, a, it's a, something I would want to ask for support from there and how that would be in the budget or, yeah, in our budget. Um, yeah, that is something that we can have as part of the budget as well. And I would just like to say we can invite you to a budget subcommittee meeting to just ensure that we get your full uh, voice and perspective on that. Um, and so we can just include that properly. Uh, but other than like concrete numbers, I just don't have any to give at this time due to the logistics of it. Yeah, and at that point, I would be able either at the subcommittee or even at a, a full commission meeting to present a full presentation of the whole process. But this time I only presented uh, uh, very briefly of the overview of how this would be done, but I would break it down to and uh, making the whole proposal and how this should happen. I yield, I've gone over the five minutes. Um, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, I just wanna say thank you very much for um, asking to have this included on the agenda. And also in the future, when you are ready for a full presentation, uh, we can include it on the agenda once again, but we would definitely like to hear from you in subcommittee meetings, just to ensure that we do give you time to flesh the ideas out.
Um, I think that having a facilitator or someone who has knowledge in local government processes it would be really um, important for this commission. I think someone who has worked with marginalized communities and has, has had positive outcomes. Um, <clears throat> I think that experience in mediation and com in community-based conflict resolution is important. Um, I think they should have good networking skills and teamworking and um, community organizing and event planning just because um, I, I don't want us to spend a lot of time outside of our subcommittees and our commission working on trying to plan an entire event uh, without someone who's probably done it um, before. Um, and then uh, Steph can tell me or tell us if the conflict of interest is, is important. I saw this in a few of them uh, specific to this city and um, what people have presented to the city of Iowa City. Um, but yeah, that is what I wrote up. Does anyone have any suggestions or questions? I'm open to whatever. And commissioners, I, I think I'll just um, jump in here real quick. Uh, Commissioner Ali, I just wanna state that you've done a fantastic job of um, putting this together. And I, I, I don't think I need to confuse matters with actually showing an example. I, I think you um, have definitely kind of hit the high points of what it would look like. And I think um, working with staff, we can probably draft it into a format that looks, um, or is that that's consistent with what uh, templates look like for RFPs. But, but a basic overview of the RFPs are, you're, you're really gonna have three areas. The first is the project description, which is just kind of an overview of the, what you're looking for in a facilitator, mm -hmm. which I think um, this um, document um, has um, content in that that would fall under that. Um, you're also going to um, detail the services that you want provided, which I think Commissioner Ali referred to as the scope of work, which is fine. I think that's just a matter of wording. Um, and then you're going to want a component on the background and, and the background is more for the person who would be applying for, for um, the, the role of a facilitator. So giving them background on Iowa City, uh, giving them background on Johnson County, um, giving them kind of the purpose or the background on why the TRC was formed, when it was formed, and then the, the functions of the TRC. As part of the um, RFP process, it's important to include within that um, bullet points of what you as commissioners will be looking at to evaluate each proposal. So some of the things I heard mentioned was, you know, prior experience, um, positive outcomes, um, skills in mediation, uh, team building. So all of those things are things that also should be uh, stated in the proposal in terms of things that uh, application would be evaluated on. You're also, um, as part of the RFP process, it would include a, a statement of qualifications, which is basically asking the submitter to provide uh, references, um, information, documents that show that 
they um, have the qualifications to be able to, to do this. And then um, uh, finally, um, just kind of putting that again in the template. And I, I don't think the purpose is for um, the, the TRC members to, to do all of the, um, the groundwork on this, right? So, so staff is available to assist and we can definitely assist in getting this into a working document that would present more like it would be presented once it would be released. And I think from there, um, I, I don't know at what process you're in. I don't know if this is something that uh, between the subcommittee and staff could be presented kind of as a final draft at the June 10th meeting, because I'm just thinking forward if this is um, allowed to be bidded for four weeks, you're, you're looking at the second week in July. So I think probably a target date of your next meeting would be ideal for, for really having kind of a rough draft to, to move forward on and uh, ample time for other commissioners to provide um, input or edits prior to that meeting so that when you come together, you can use your time most efficiently um, to, to really have a discussion of what you want this RFP process to, to look like. So. Well, thank you. Um, I'm glad that you think it looks good because I was really worried about it. Um, so with that being said, um, I can try, I think writing like the background is going to be super easy because, um, counselor Burgess and Weiner pretty much wrote that in like the resolution or something like why the TRC was started. Um, and we can just, um, probably use that and then add um, some more to it. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's just a matter of moving some things around. Um, but if you guys are good with this, I can um, work with Steph to get this kind of um, put in a, into a better template uh, within the next two weeks. And then, um, hopefully we can approve it by the next meeting because I don't think that there's a whole lot of work that we will, that is going to be left to do on this. I think it's just going to be a lot of moving around and kind of, um, <clears throat> maybe working on the statement of qualifications and getting some input from, uh, the rest of the commissioners. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys think? Go ahead, Wangui. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Between the two of you, Commissioner Ali and Steph, you've captured almost, you've captured everything. So I, it's just a question on the qualifications section, uh, which I'm thinking that is education level. And I wonder whether therein we'd include uh, some, you talked a lot about the experience of the in facilitation. What about the, some training in facilitation? Yeah, that's all, I yield.
I would just like to say thank you, Commissioner Ali, um, especially for all the hard work you put in on this, but also to Commissioners Daniel and Rivera for all the hard work you put in on this as well, and for Stephanie for your continued help with everything with the commission. Uh, just like to thank you guys most of all because you know I was out of town last week and just doing so much and just everything you guys have done has made a lot of things easier coming back and catching up on everything so just can't thank you enough you're welcome yeah I, so i'd support moving forward um as stated um i don't think that we need like a motion or anything since we're not voting on any final document but i would suggest that uh I would encourage uh, you, um, Commissioner Ali, and, and to work with staff and other staff to um, go with this um, and get into a final version for us to vote on next meeting. That sounds good to me. If you guys are cool with that, we can move on to the next agenda item unless anyone has anything else to add. Hey, thanks. <laughs> All right, we are now on agenda item number eight, which is discussion on future agenda item community topics we want discussed. So the essential idea behind this is that, so there are commission announcements at the end of meetings. However, there's no real chance to have any sort of discussion during that section, but there are certain things that come up during the weeks uh, leading up to when agendas are put out that people may have on their mind or that they may want to address. So we were just looking to see if uh, other commissioners would like to have this added as a future agenda item just to ensure that we can you know, debrief each other on maybe some meetings that we attended recently or talk about some things in the news that happened or something that happened locally that we would like to raise awareness or attention on and possibly discuss. And, and if I could just add before the discussion begins, I've, I've spoken with a few commissioners and, and I, the, the rationale or kind of the concern with past meetings is when, when you get to announcement of commissioners, it's truly announcements of commissioners. Um, and, and sometimes it, it gets really close to, to engagement and discussion of stuff that's not on the agenda. So, so I think what, what this is trying to cure or make a solution for is if commissioners ahead of the agenda being posted, so say that Monday by noon, if you're meeting that Thursday, if there is something that you have seen or something that you wanna discuss or talk about at the meeting on Thursday, if you could let the chair, vice chair know this so that it could be discussed under this item and specifically noted to give the public um, the ability to realize that this is something the commission is going to be discussing um, that that would just help out and really avoid any fine lines between discussing things that just aren't on the agenda and also discussing them within the proper framework of the agenda and not putting it under announcements which is not really the the place for for things like that so and with that i will give it back to the commissioners thanks Steph, before you go, just uh, to clarify, um, 
So uh, the agenda item would have would still have sort of bulleted sort of name topics for discussion, and and we still would be restricted to those items. That's correct. I think if you just left the agenda as community topics that the TRC wants to discuss, I don't feel that that's enough notice to the public to know what would fall under that. Um, I, I think virtually anything could fall under that. And so it's just um, being um, more specific in things that you want to discuss. Okay. Thank you. I support this. Um, Steph, if there's just like a general consensus that we all support this, is is there is it necessary to make a vote just because this is regarding the agenda? So then if we get any correspondence from anyone within the next two weeks, can we add it to the agenda or do we need to make a motion to have this be an item? Did that make sense? Yeah, I, I think it does. I mean, Generally speaking, the, the entire commission doesn't vote on what's on the agenda now. So I, I, I guess I don't feel that it's necessary to take a, a vote because really the commission is not voting on what's appearing on the agenda at this time. There's input by all commissioners, but ultimately it's the chair and vice chair that are setting the agenda. So I, I think you're fine proceeding without um, actually making a formal motion. Perfect. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, so I can go ahead and go first. Um, anything, I mean, something that I want to add to the future, like agenda is about crime and safety. Um, lately, you know, I'm a South district resident. So, um, lately it's been a whole bunch of things going on in the South district that hasn't been discussed. And I would like to add that to the agenda, maybe in the future. I'm not going to say that this is an item right now that we need to talk about, but um, it's been a lot of, you know, crime and things that's been going on. But also the main thing that's been going on is excessive use of force by law enforcement. You know, um, I was out with my children on Tuesday morning. We were doing yard work. We were, we, we were mowing our grass, picking up weeds. And all of a sudden we just saw this big army truck come through. You know, they was doing a raid to go and arrest somebody for some recent shootings. But um, I think that that's not a good thing to do. That doesn't break, like that doesn't build trust in the community at all. Um, and so that's one of the things that I want to talk about. You know, I want to have maybe brought up in the future agenda item, you know, um, because, and then we also have another issue with, um, the gas station by our houses was the only gas station with an armed security guard. So the climate and the way that we feel over here in the South District is something that we need to talk about in the future because it's going to impact, you know, what goes on in the future. You know, if the police come and drive down our street with an army vehicle, that can, can make things in the future, you know, so that's something we have to talk about. So, and with that, I'm going to yield the floor. So. I just want I just want people to be aware of that, and maybe that's something we can talk about in the future. You know about the excessive use of law enforcement things. You know you don't need an army truck to come and serve a warrant or whatever you want to come serve. With that, I'm on the floor. And and Commissioner Harrison to other commissioners that that would be something that if you could let the chair vice chair know 
by the Monday preceding a meeting, which the next one would be that Monday the 7th, if you could let them know by noon, just because they're trying to get me all the agenda items by five, just so that we can get the agenda posted in a timely manner. Those would be examples. Commissioner Harris's examples would be things that you would bring forth to the chair vice chair to be placed on, on the agenda. Her. And um, Commissioner Harris, I, I did write that down and I'll touch base with you before our next meeting. So uh, I just wanna let you know that you are being heard and um, thank you for sharing that and we'll talk about it. Her. I'd like to echo that same sentiment. And also just thank you, Commissioner Harris, for the work you are doing with the South District Neighborhood Association. I did get a chance to go to that crime and safety meeting that uh, you had all held with the South District Neighborhood Association members and some of the police department as well. And it was really eye-opening one to just be able to hear uh, all of the concerns, but also just to hear about some of the methods that um, the police force was looking to use to try to mitigate things and also and, solutions come up. Yeah, and see, this is kind of where you're kind of getting into a discussion of something that's not on the agenda. So oh. this is what we're trying to avoid because you're commenting based mm -hmm. upon something another that's commissioner okay. said, which is leading to the discussion. So that's that's yep. what we're trying to get at exactly. My apologies. No problem, thank you. Exactly, I got it. Uh, do we have anyone else on the commission that would like to speak on this item prior to going to agenda item number nine? So I just have a question. Are we giving ideas right now for future discussion or are we saying that we're in support of this? Um, you can do either or at this time. I uh, just wanted to let you know that if it's for a new agenda item, it would be something that we just want to ensure that we have added for a future meeting to just make sure that the public has ample notice. And, and I think the way the agenda read was just more of a discussion of adding this as an agenda item. I think if individual commissioners have things that they want discussed again, that would be something to follow up with the chair and vice chair, just being mindful of. Um, a Monday at noon or some type of similar um, deadline to, to make sure that we can get the agendas posted in time. Um, I don't mean to interrupt you, but can we just have a vote on it, like to add it to the agenda for next week or, you know, or so we can talk about it next week or? There, there, so there doesn't need to be a vote, Eric, since we all just agree on it. It's, there's no voting on agenda items. So uh, that's why I said I'll touch base with you beforehand so I can get the specifics of what you want on the agenda since Mohammed and I make it and send it to Steph. But I will touch base with you before our next meeting and before I send the agenda in. Sounds so good. Is this something that should be brought to a subcommittee before brought to the whole commission? Um, when it comes to agenda items uh, from the way that the bylaws are structured, you can always just bring it directly to chair and vice chair. You can go the route of talking to your subcommittee first as well, if you would all like to present it together or just to show more importance behind it. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, just make sure you just reach out to us and I'm always open to anything being added to the agenda. So uh, yeah, just that notice is just the main key.
Okay, if we don't have anything else on that, then we are now on agenda item number nine, which is discussion on whether to hold a special meeting to meet with uh, Ron Wakabayashi. And I will hand this over to Commissioner Ali. Um, so I met Ron uh, through my um, conversations um, with the Divided Community Project. Um, Ron is an um, Asian American who, um, <clears throat> excuse me, was involved in a truth and reconciliation process in the United States. Um, when uh, Japanese Americans suffered um, from the internment camps after World War II, um, they dealt with a lot of um, a lot of injustices because of that. And um, Ron was a part of the Human Relations Commission and the coalition that helped um, bring justice. And they were involved in a TRC process and they actually um, received reparations for the Japanese Americans uh, who were harmed by um, this. And I just think it would be really important for us to hear um, his experience and how that worked out because I, I think that hearing from someone who got testimony and was a part of this process that was successful uh, would be really important for the rest of the commission. And I wanted to ask permission before I just um, brought him forward and see if you guys were interested in having this discussion um, and hearing how that process went for him. And with that, I will yield to the floor. I've had the opportunity to meet him as well. And I think he's a fantastic individual and he's been great with sharing articles uh, recently with just reform ideas, but also things he's been involved with in the past. But anyone we can get to present to us on the success of a TRC, I think is beneficial. So I'd be in support of it. I wanna hear from him. I also agree, even if I'd never heard of him, but having hearing from Commissioner Treore and Ali and having gone through this experience, uh, the most of us are starting, I, I would want to hear because I know I would benefit. I will benefit. I agree as well. I would definitely like to hear more from. Cool. Oh, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say, I'll make it happen. We can go on to the next agenda item if nobody else has anything to add. No, to I just wanna say, I agree as well too. So we talked about this already. So I agree as well, because not only where they um, incarcerated after World War II, they were incarcerated during World War II, so. 
Well, yeah, Eric's quite a historian. I don't know if you guys know that. He actually schooled me on this subject when I was talking to him about it. So <laughs> yeah. Actually very interesting. But okay, thanks guys for your input. I will try to <clears throat> make this happen for at least the next meeting. And thank you for finding him. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. All right, and with that, we are now on agenda item number 10, commission announcements. So just a reminder, commissioners shall not engage in discussion with one another concerning said announcements. And we'd just like to ask at this time if there are any other commissioners that would like to make any announcements. I just wanted to, I'm not sure if this is the right time to say this, so correct me if this is not, um, but I did have a, a good discussion um, with the South District Neighbor Association um, and my organization. We're partnering to uh, work on National Night Out, which is coming out and coming up in August, um, which is going to be a good event that maybe the TRC could partner with. And it was actually asked if we could do so. So uh, maybe that could be talked about in the future. And I yield the floor. Um, <clears throat> my announcement is more to the general public, but um, the United States just recently lowered the age requirements for getting a colonoscopy to 45. And I think that it's really important that everyone gets checked and listen to their bodies. Um, my partner was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer as 23 years old. So it's something that is very important to me. Um, and I encourage you to tell your loved ones um, who have reached that age to get themselves checked out because um, the cases of colon cancer are rising amongst adults between 30 to 40. So. Um, it's really important and it does affect the marginalized community disproportionately. So yeah, with that, I yield to the floor. Um, I have an announcement um, on Saturdays in the South District on June 12th, June 19th, June 26th, July 7th and July 10th at the Kingdom Center. They're gonna have a, a diversity market. So it's going to be food trucks, it's going to be people, it's just going to be a pop-up event um, where people can come through, people are going to be selling all type of things, it's going to be most people from the BIPOC community, um, and it's going to be at the Canem Center, which is at 611 Southgate Avenue in Iowa City in the South District, and there'll be a lot of people there, it'll be trucks, it'll be food trucks, it'll be people selling things, it's a, it's a really good event. With that, I yield the floor. Um, I just wanted to announce a volunteer opportunity, particularly for young people um, in our community. Um, so two organizations that I care a lot about are 
neighbors of Iowa City and uh, the Shelter House. Um, and they're partnering together on a new housing first build um, that is being uh, done by Hodge Construction. Um, but they are looking for um, volunteers ages 16 to 23 um, to volunteer in uh, building the project throughout the month of June. Dates include Sunday, June 6th, Thursday, June 10th, Thursday, June 24th, and Sunday, um, June 27th. So if you're between the ages of 16 and 23 or know folks who are and want to get involved in an exciting um, housing project for some of the most vulnerable folks in our community, um, I would ask that you reach out to Neighbors of Iowa City and sign up. Their email address is neighborsofiowacity at gmail.com. Thanks. Thank you. And I would just like to say that um, prior to the next meeting, um, I will just be making sure I get with a few people from each subcommittee just to ensure I just go over some notes and things I learned from the leadership training I went to last week um, in Ankeny. And I just think there are some really nice things we could try to implement to help streamline our process a little more and just ensure that we don't have to just depend on public meetings to get items done or to just to see where we align and how we want to move forward and that we can get some action items together. Uh, so I have a document on that typed up already and I'll just be sure to share that with all of you uh, by the end of the weekend one but two as well just to get into the subcommittee meetings to ensure that that's spread there. And the only other thing I'd like to say this time is that we have not changed uh, schedules yet for future meetings. So at this time, our next meeting would be in two weeks because we are still biweekly by what we had voted on. So that would be June 10th, that Thursday. However, I would just like to say at this time, if we do decide at that meeting or one immediately after that we need to move to a monthly meetings, I'm open to doing a vote on something of that nature. And that's all I have. I just want to make two announcements. Uh, I came across a flyer letting people in the community know that the police department is hiring. So, and I think it's police officers from the community. So just pointing out to and spreading the word. And then also Kakud Community College the English as a second language uh, department. They are also hiring teachers. The person in charge, uh, it's on their website, say that uh, by September, they're looking to hire 16 teachers. Those are my two announcements. I yield. we do not have any other announcements at this time, then we will be moving on to agenda item number 11, which is staff announcements. Thank you. Um, I, I don't have much. I just, I think each of you should have received a, an email about some upcoming Juneteenth activities. And one of those is uh, education and resource fair, which is on Wednesday, June 16th, it's being held virtually. It starts at four. Um, 
I um, mentioned this to the Human Rights Commission at their meeting on Tuesday. If, if any of them were interested on in participating in that education or resource fair to let me know, and I would just extend that same invitation to um, any TRC members who wanted to um, participate in that uh, virtual education or resource fair to let me know. Um, as long as we don't get past that four, we should be okay. So if you could just send me a, a note um, so that I could um, get you registered to participate, that would be greatly appreciated. And as always, it's a pleasure working with each of you and I hope you all enjoy the long weekend. So thank you. Thank you very much, Stephanie. And we are now on the last agenda item, which is adjournment. So I just need a motion to adjourn and a second. Rivera, so moved. Commissioner Ali, second. And Stephanie, can we please get roll call? Sure, uh, Commissioner Ali. Yes. Commissioner Daniel. Yes. Commissioner Dillard. Yes. Commissioner Gathawa. Yes. Commissioner Harris. Yes. Commissioner Johnson. Yes. Commissioner Rivera. Yes. Commissioner Sakawas. Yes. And Commissioner Traore. Yes. Okay, nine zero. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And with that, we are now adjourned. <laughs>